The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker, rocker, rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. <clears throat> I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. And, uh, yeah, we got another hour or more straight ahead here with our friend from America's Frontline Doctors in just a moment. But if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. And by the way, um, we're going to do some presentation again this morning. So if you want to see that presentation, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, second video down, you'll see that we're streaming live there blow it up on whatever device you've got on and then click on the uh, platform icon and join us in the chat lots of people there this morning great to see you guys this morning uh, i changed things up a little bit you guys are expecting the recently thing and i just did the rocker and yes nobody can do it like 
James Earl Jones. Nobody can do that like him. I almost want to interject in there, I'm your father, right? <laughs> Something like that. But uh, nobody can do it like James. And uh, again, you guys who have not seen that film um, on – boy, I just had a moment. Um, <clears throat> anyway, where he's playing the part of the guy before Martin Luther King Jr., Gosh, how did I forget the name? Somebody help me. Bethany. <laughs> She's always saying it in there. Uh, Vernon Johns. So if you guys haven't seen the story of Vernon Johns, uh, James Earl Jones plays that part. That little segment there comes from that. Uh, it's really, really good, um, a good film. And so I highly recommend it. I'll put the link into the Morning Archive if you guys want to pick that up. Some of you did the last time I mentioned it and played the little section where he says that. Because people don't want to rock the boat. When injustices are happening, well, that ain't the Sons of Liberty. We're here to rock the boat until people become aware of what it is and they do what they're supposed to do to resist tyrants, to rebel against them, and to honor God. That's what we're here for. All right, right above where we're streaming live is a Bradley show from yesterday. You can still catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And uh, then when uh, when he get, when it's that time, he goes live. Now, we're also streaming on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, Setting Brush Fires on Twitch, and then also um, Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And if you have a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV there, and we appreciate those guys carrying us over on Roku. You can sign up for our email newsletter on the page as well, right above where the live streams are. Be sure to do that. You get one email from us a day, and that includes the Morning Show Archive. So all the stuff that you have, like yesterday, some of you guys were asking about where can we get this letter that Dr. Smith was talking about? Well, that link is in there. The whole presentation he's given to you so you can go back through it if you want to do it at your leisure. Uh, I brought the letter over into a PDF that you can read right there on the site. You can copy it. You can send it into your representatives to let them know the crimes that are being committed against your neighbors. And part of loving your neighbor is to demand justice on those who would wish them harm. That's part of love, folks. I mean, it's just what it is. So all of that's in yesterday's archive. You can see that. That's on the, the slider at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you'd like to help us out, there's a donate button at the top of the page. You agree with our message. You want to help us out. Um, you can do so that way, one-time donation, or you can partner monthly with us as a son or daughter of liberty. And then our store is also available. This week we're highlighting <clears throat> excuse me, the To Spit Against Heaven DVD. And that is dealing with the sodomite agenda. So if you um, are kind of questioning some of that as to, well, is this legitimate? Is this a conspiracy theory? Is it really a conspiracy? Well, it's a conspiracy. In fact, uh, you'll see in that the manifesto that they have out. Now, they've tried to play it down and say, oh, it's satirical. But this was entered into the congressional record. They are after our young men. They are. They're after our young men. And they're after our young women, too. But they're after our young men, first and foremost. And they tell you that in there, uh, in the manifesto. Bradley exposes that. Check it out. Donation of $20 is recommended. But this week only, you can get 25% off of that when you use the promo code REPENT. REPENT gets you 25% off of that DVD if you want to educate yourself. Now, before I bring our guest on, there's a couple of things I do want to make mention of real quickly. And I've got a message from our own health and wellness expert, Kate Shimrani, in just a moment. But just to let you know, a couple of news items that I think are very important. And uh, the first one here, <clears throat> excuse me, comes from John Rappaport, uh, former CBS Health Watch reporter. He's the author of The Matrix Revealed. Uh, America, you have been tricked. 
lied to, conned, and taken for a devastating ride, and Fauci told you so. I'm sure probably some of this is going to fall in with uh, Dr. Smith's uh, presentation this morning. But here's what he had to say, July 16, 2020 podcast, This Week in Virology. Tony Fauci makes a point of saying the PCR COVID test is useless and misleading when the test is run at 35 cycles or higher. What's well, really useless even before that, I mean, according to Kerry Mullis, he says it's just you can find whatever you want with this thing. It's not really for diagnostics and uh, determining, you know, whether somebody has something or not. A positive result indicating infection cannot be accepted or believed. Here in Technospeak is an excerpt from Fauci's key quote uh, starting at the four minute, one second mark through the five minute, 45 second mark. Fauci begins his first answer to the first question at the 4-minute, 20-second mark and begins his second answer to the second question at the 5-minute, 26-second mark. If you, here's his quote. If you, get pla- uh, if you get, perform the test at, that's what that means, a cycle threshold of 35 or more, the chances of being replication competent, a.k.a. accurate, are minuscule. You almost never can culture virus Detect a true positive result from a 37 threshold cycle, even 36. And yet, what was going on this whole time? Huh? Fauci failed to tell you that the FDA, which authorizes the test for public use, recommends the test should be run at up to 40 cycles. They have committed fraud on the American people, which has led to the liberties being attacked by the people including the loss of life, and under our code, that can hold people accountable up to death. In other words, they have to pay with their life for the crimes they committed that has ended up taking other people's lives. Okay, That's on SunsLibertyMedia.com. Another one that's out is the National Center for Biotechnology Information put out a study, exposure to 5G, significant factor in higher quote-unquote COVID, and I always put that, like to put that in quotes or call it the Convid 1984 because they've never proven it to exist, cases and deaths. So check that out when you get a chance to see that. And then finally, this one's very important. You guys know how we have stood against the Convention of States. I have personally stood against Michael Ferris down here in my own state capitol uh, and spoke out against him and against Mark Meckler. Meck, these guys, I don't care what good they're, they've done in the past. You look at what they're pushing in this stuff, and you read. This is a new article from our friend Publius Holda, Joanna Martin out of Tennessee, our great constitutional uh, little, I want to call her a little woman, but she's a big woman, boy, when she gets up to speak. She's like 4'11 with heels on, but when you hear her, she's, she's a firebrand. She points out they're appealing to people who are for gun control, pushing this. So any of you, consti- you, you convention of states people out there, don't think you're not being hoodooed. I did an article years ago where I showed they're trying to curb that in and say, Convention states, oh, it's about the people, blah, 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 blah. And nobody remembers the Articles of Confederation, unanimous consent there. Uh, in order to change anything, and, they, and our forefathers went in there, didn't have the authority to do it, and wrote a whole new constitution. And they changed it from a unanimous consent of all 13 states to three-fourths, that's still in our new constitution now, our second constitution, and that one is, uh, uh, I believe it's Article 7, that where you can read where they changed that, and the states took it on, okay? So it can be done. What happens if they change it to, I don't know, 51% of the states say, you know, we'll have a new constitution, you get into something like that. You, the, the lie that they're telling you 
has already been shown. And Mark Meckler, when he first came out, his site was called ConConCon.org. Now, you can go there now, and it's changed, but you can go in the archives, and you can go years back, and you'll see he was promoting not a convention of states. He was promoting exactly what Article 5 is, and that is a constitutional convention. And so I want people to be very much aware of uh, what was going on there. Now, real quickly, before I bring Dr. Smith on, I want to play a short little video. This is mainly for our U.K. viewers, um, those in England, okay? But uh, Kate asked me if I'd put this out. We'll probably have it in an article form uh, in a little bit. But here's the message that she has uh, for you guys. I am Kate Shimarani. I'm a trained and qualified nurse of 36 years. I'm a trained and qualified independent nurse prescriber. Last month, a group of justice campaigners asked Sajid Javid if they were wrong that a group of corrupt NHS officials obtained a court judgment stating that staff NHS contracts were non-contractual. What that actually means is that you don't have a contract that's valid, so you can be denied pension rights, sickness rights, death benefits. And this is not just NHS staff that this can go out to. This can be any contract anywhere. Now through a clerk, Sajid sent his reply stating he understood the seriousness of the case, but it wasn't the Department of Health's responsibility. Now what we'd like each and every one of you to do, no matter who you are, is we'd like you via your MP to send Sajid a booster shot of our own, a letter via your MP demanding that he replies and that he answers this question. Now below is a link. You click on the link, you copy and paste that letter, you pop in your own MP's name, your own name and address, and you also CC a copy to Equality Fair campaign. Now, if Quality Fair Campaign are leading this because they are the ones that have supported me in my own fight for justice, where I have been vilified by the press and had my own human rights completely trampled. So come on, folks, we're constantly being told protect the NHS. We need to do that. And we also need to protect all of those employed in the NHS. You have contracts and then we need to protect one another no matter what your job is because this affects each and every one of us we now need to use these laws back at those that are trampling on our human rights and our contractual rights now that also means that any contract anywhere through court could be deemed non-contractual this is very very serious for every single person in this country who has a contract of employment. Amen. All right. So there you go. You guys over in England, you want to do that? We'll have the link up later uh, this morning. And uh, also, let me just show this right quick. If you want to help Kate, this is how you get in touch with uh, with um, the, 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 the guys that are helping her there. You can get in touch with her if you want to support her 
uh, financially. I know many of you guys pray for her, and uh, she's very appreciative of that. She wants me to always communicate that to you guys, that she's very appreciative of your prayers and of your financial support uh, in fighting uh, the lawlessness of what's going on there in the UK. So just wanted to bring that up. All right, so here we go. We're going to get into this, and I don't know how long we're going to go, but uh, as yesterday, we went almost two hours, and uh, Dr. Smith answered questions. He presented some valuable information. Some of you had questions offline and things. So if you've got questions, I told him, I said, I'll wait till you take a breath, and then we'll try to interject those, but give him as much time as he needs to communicate this. And it's my privilege and, pl- and uh, pleasure to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Bill Smith. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Happy to be here again. Yeah, it's great to have so, you. Uh, thank uh, you. So we're going to be talking about spike proteins, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So um, I, I want to say something about the PCR test first because there's a lot of misconception. Sure. Um, the PCR test that they're running, it isn't a full genome PCR tests, uh, the full genome of the spike uh, or the uh, virus, it's a so-called virus, it's about 30,000 base pairs. And those PCR tests are only testing for about 70 uh, out of the 30,000 base pairs. So it's wow. not even close to um, testing for the full virus. And really the only way that you can have an accurate PCR, PCR test is with a whole genome uh, PCR test that is quantitative. And the tests that they're running are qualitative. A quantitative test will tell you if you have an active infection. A a qualitative test um, can only tell you how many uh, components of those nucleotides are are there that uh, they're looking for. So there's a whole other presentation on the PCR test, but the PCR tests they're using are just absolute junk that don't tell you anything. So... That's a little bit about the PCR test. Well, but, I appreciate uh, no, gonna, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I'm going to turn on my uh, screen share here. <clears throat> All right, so we're good. Everybody can see the uh, the board there. Yep, we can. We got you, man. Okay, are the vaccines safe and effective? And I think a lot of people they they have this thought that no, they're not safe and they're not effective, but they can't really say why. So hopefully that'll clear up and answer a lot of those questions in regards to uh, the vaccine not being safe. So here's the questions we're gonna try and answer. Uh, Why is there concern around this particular vaccine? Do the vaccines cause blood clots? A lot of people getting blood clots. Are vaccinated individuals, are they shedding spike protein? Is the spike protein toxic? What are the effects of the vaccine on your immune system? What are the autopsies showing of people who died after they got vaccinated? And there's not many of those autopsies out there because they just will not uh, allow them to be performed. They don't want the truth to come out. And can the mRNA be converted into DNA? That's crucial uh, because that's the frightening component of this uh, shot. So why is there concern? Like I was talking about yesterday, we're still in stage three clinical trials uh, through uh, 2023, 2022. The Pfizer shot is in clinical trials in stage three clinical trials until May the 2nd, 2023. Moderna is in stage three clinical trials until October, 2022. So we've got more than a year left uh, for these clinical trials to be done. Uh, this is uh, just unacceptable that's uh, being used on the public. Uh, most of the time, uh, drugs or vaccines are only um, put into public use for stage four clinical trials. So Pfizer tells us that this isn't normal. According to Pfizer, 
um, and I put a link there to their um, document, it says that normally phase three clinical trials involve only one to 5,000 patients. Um, and we're, we're involving the global population. That's, that's out of the ordinary. This is not acceptable. Uh, we should never have put this thing into uh, use for everyone in the world uh, in st stage three clinical trials. So that, that's a major red flag and that's major concern for this vaccine. Um, I know we've heard a lot about the animal trials um, and the animals getting sick and dying. Well, I have links to all the animal trials, a study in ferrets. Uh, they, they tried to use this mRNA uh, vaccine on ferrets and the, the ferrets uh, had major liver damage and ended up with severe hepatitis. Um, the, the cat study, what they found is that uh, the monoclonal antibodies uh, with the neutralizing activity, they had high antibody dependent enhancement activity. And that suggests there's a close relationship between neutralization and enhancement site. It also suggests that antibody dependent enhancement of the infection was likely to be induced by reinfection with the same serotype of the virus. So, so basically I put some links there to help people understand what antibody dependent enhancement is. Uh, if you get injected and you don't develop immunity uh, to whatever they're injecting you with and you get exposed to that um, same pathogen again in the future, uh, you're going to have a, a really uh, a much more severe response if it comes to uh, this antibody-dependent enhancement. Okay, the mice study. So there are two mice studies that were done. Uh, one of the mice studies, the mice were given the, the vaccine that led to hypersensitivity uh, of the SARS-CoV-2 components, um, it, which was not good. Uh, the next mouse study that they had, the vaccines not only failed to protect the mice, uh, but resulted in enhanced immunopathology uh, with white blood cell infiltration into the lungs of those mice that were um, challenged with SARS-CoV-2 in the future after they were vaccinated. Dr. Bill. So the vaccine actually made it the reaction worse. Dr. Bill, let me, let me ask you a question because you mentioned SARS-CoV-2, but you've got SARS-CoV. Is that just a, a natural reflex there? Or, or this yeah, was no, on the first... So they, they tried developing vaccines for SARS-CoV, mRNA okay. vaccines right, for right. SARS-CoV, and they always failed. So right, right now with SARS-CoV-2, the animal studies are going on concurrently with uh, humans. So they never completed an animal trial. These were completed, well, they were failed animal trials. They could never get the mRNA vaccine for SARS-CoV to be successful. Um, and so they had to end all those animal trials. And these are the animal trials that, that had failed. And so instead of saying, oh, we haven't gotten this right with SARS-CoV, um, this is probably isn't going to work with SARS-CoV-2, or even attempting to do the animal trial to see if it would fail, they just said, well, we'll do this simultaneously uh, with animals and with humans. Well, can, can, so, I, can, I, can I ask a clarifying question there? Because, again, it's going to the SARS-CoV-2, and we've already said – they haven't isolated or purified it. So what are they actually putting it up against if if they're claiming that they're trying to do it on SARS-CoV-2? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to bog you down. I'm, I'm just kind of asking the no, question no. with what's going on there because it, I get confused over some of that too because of some of the titling and some of the writing I have to do. And it, what are they what are they actually putting it up against that they're, they're testing? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me of what they're doing there. No, uh, you know, they, they're just using uh, like the spike protein from uh, SARS-CoV and SARS-CoV-2 
they they supposedly this lab created spike protein they put those into vaccines and they've injected those into people so you know their their studies their research on the mrna shots for sars-cov would be the closest thing that they could try and compare to sars-cov-2 because they never, uh, completed the animal trials okay all right so that they, makes they sense always failed. Yeah, and, and Dr. Robert Malone, he's been uh, talking about this a lot because he he was the one working on this stuff, and he knew like they could n- never develop a successful uh, vaccine uh, based on that technology that he created, and that's where he came out and he's trying to sound the alarm and all this stuff. But but uh, no, they they were never able to prove uh, the concept that these mRNA shots uh, were effective at producing immunity or, or were safe. So they failed all the safety uh, tests in the past, but this time around, they just uh, bulldozed this thing uh, straight through clinical trials uh, and saying that, no, it's safe, it's protective, it, it won't result in any injury, it will give you immunity. Well, they've been wrong about all of that stuff. They knew this with all the, the uh, vaccine uh, research that they had been doing on animals uh, for SARS-CoV. Uh, so this this isn't new. This is something they know for a long time, um, but they've they've just decided that they think the American people, are, the people of the world, are stupid, and they they uh, they they just want to get this into your bodies, regardless of whether or not um, it's safe and effective. Yeah, and some people in the world are stupid. They've taken this and they're they're dull of hearing, they're dull and they're ignorant. So uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but at the end of the show, I'm going to play you a short video. I don't think I played it for you. Mm-hmm. I think I played it for Dr. Roth, but uh, concerning that. So I'm going to pull that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, one more other uh, study with mice. Uh, the immunized mice uh, upon infection exhibited significant upregulation of both Th1 and Th2 cytokines and downregulation of anti-inflammatory cytokines. So what ended up happening was these people who got this, uh, this these mice that got this injection they didn't have an anti-inflammatory response. They only had uh, upregulation of the inflammatory cytokines in the body, which is indicative of a cytokine storm. And that uh, resulted in robust infiltration of neutrophils, eosinophils, and lymphocytes into the lungs, as well as thickening of the alveolar epithelium. I have a study we're going to go over, which shows exactly this process taking place with the spike protein from the vaccines. Okay, so the trials for community, they were short and they were flawed. Um, two doses required. The duration of immunity was unknown when they did that. They did some animal trials, but no animal safety studies uh, were published for the vaccine. They tested them on mice and, uh, and monkeys to establish efficacy only. Um, the, what ended up happening in those trials was that uh, they were published for the vaccine. There is antibody-dependent enhancement. Uh, immunity and a more severe illness, which is a subsequent exposure to the uh, wild virus. So that's what that antibody-dependent enhancement is. Um, Pfizer, they reported a brief safety study on Worcester rats uh, with no systemic events identified. However, this study was not publicly available, so they didn't want the public to see the study they did on the rats. So the efficacy study that they did with the animals, none of the monkeys in either the vaccinated or placebo group developed symptoms. The animals that received the vaccine had evidence of SARS-CoV-2 in their noses for one day, while those that received a placebo had 
uh, SARS-CoV-2 on nasal swabs on day one and three and six after exposure, but there's no assessment of transmission that was performed. So in the human trials uh, for community, phase one and two hu uh, human trials, they had 204 people receive two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, they reported headaches, muscle, joint pain, debilitating, uh, and it was prevented from performing even basic daily chores. So these people had severe uh, reactions to the shot. Uh, phase two efficacy that was measured for 24 months and the safety will be monitored for six months. So these people are still being monitored. They're going to be monitored for, for 24 months. So the lymphocyte numbers were measured in the uh, 24 people who received vaccine in phase one. Otherwise, no blood tests. They didn't test the blood of these people who, who got these shots in this trial to assess the potential impact on internal organs or other aspects of health. So there was just really not a safety study on phase one and two uh, trials. In phase three trial for human trials, 43,000 people were enrolled in that study. That study doesn't end until January, 2023. Uh, the efficacy, the press release stated that the vaccine is 95% effective. The efficacy calculation based on only 181 of the 43,548 participants. 181. Why aren't they evaluating efficacy in 43,548, all their participants? They're not doing it. So of the 43,548 trial participants, only 181 had confirmed cases of symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection. Um, and so the other participants uh, that developed SARS-CoV-19 were excluded from analysis due to timing of their symptoms. So they're basing this on 181 people out of 43,000. Uh, the following groups were excluded from the trials. There's no data that exists on safety. Anyone considered to have suicide risk or other mental health disorders, pregnant or breastfeeding women, children under the age of 12, and anyone with evidence of prior COVID infection. So they, they left out a huge portion of the population whenever they were doing these uh, human trials with the community. Dr. Smith, would you say that yeah. they've committed fraud by doing that, the 181 out of 43,000? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, the, the whole thing's a fraud. Whenever you start looking into it, they've left out a vast portions of the population. They all, only included healthy people, healthy participants in their clinical trials. And whenever they go and push these shots, the first people they push it on are the elderly and the immunocompromised, the unhealthy portion of our population, which is criminal. You didn't do the tests on these people before you release it on the general public. So you had no idea what the consequences were going to be. So we're the clinical trial. We're the ones who are going to suffer the consequences. And, and that's exactly what's happening. They're finding out um, through the various database, all these adverse events that are being reported. Those are in people who have comorbidity. And uh, what I'm going to show you right here is that they did not include people with comorbidities in their clinical trial. So in phase one uh, of the Pfizer booster shot, this is for the booster shot, the clinical trial size was uh, about 300, only 300 people. This is crazy. And they, people who uh, had a previous clinical or microbiological diagnosis of COVID-19 could not participate. So if you had previous exposure to what they call COVID-19, you couldn't participate. If you had high blood pressure, diabetes, chronic pulmonary disease, asthma, if you vaped or smoked, if you had a history of chronic smoking within the prior year, if you had a BMI over 30, so if you're overweight, you couldn't participate. 
If you anticipate the need for immunosuppressive treatment within the next six months, you could participate. Uh, phase one, individuals currently working in occupations with high risk, so healthcare workers couldn't participate in the study for the booster. Immunocompromised individuals couldn't participate. Uh, individuals with a history of autoimmune disease couldn't participate. Uh, if you have bleeding disorders, you couldn't participate. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding couldn't participate. If you had a previous vaccination with the coronavirus vaccine, you couldn't participate. That's crazy because this is a booster for people who have gotten the vaccine in the past. Here they're saying that if you've had a vaccine, you can't participate in a booster study. Uh, individuals who receive treatment with immunosuppressive therapy uh, in phase one, uh, regular receipt of inhaled or nebulized corticosteroids, receipt of blood plasma products, uh, previous participation in any other studies involving lipid nanoparticles. So any other vaccine with, that uses this technology, you couldn't participate in the booster study. And then if you had a positive uh, SARS-CoV IgM or IgG antibody test, meaning that they found proof that you had had exposure, uh, you could participate in the study. It's just like, did they abuse anyone? <laughs> that they, they amazingly found the people that didn't have some type of immunity uh, and, and that were extremely healthy, that weren't overweight, didn't have any health conditions. It doesn't sound like the kind of people that they're pushing the shot on. It definitely doesn't sound like the majority of the population. So again, with the Pfizer booster shot, here's what the CDC says. They recommend that the following group should receive a booster of the COVID-19 vaccine at least six months after completing their primary uh, vaccine series. And this was right uh, when they released that booster. So I need to update this because now they're saying everybody should get the booster. But initially it was people aged 65 and older residents age 18 and older in long-term care facilities and people age 50 to 64 with underlying health conditions. So they're recommending it for people that were ever even put into the clinical trial. Just that's criminal. So we know why there's a lot of concern because they didn't do the, the clinical trials. They didn't do the studies to find out if the vaccine was even safe to use on the people that they're recommending it to be used for. So that's, that's just criminal. Okay, uh, do the vaccines cause blood clots? A lot of people want to know. Here we go. Here's a study from Nature. It says antibody epitopes in vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia. So uh, let me explain what thrombotic thrombocytopenia is. Whenever you get uh, an injection, what ends up happening is uh, you're going to develop, start developing these blood clots. And as these blood clots continue developing, it uses up all the platelets in your body so that you don't have any platelets left to clot. And then you have a bleeding disorder because you can't clot. So these people are developing blood clots and then they develop a bleeding disorder and you have massive bruises all over the body. They don't know where the bruises came from. If you've received the vaccine and you automatically start getting these, these massive bruising everywhere, you need to go, there's probably blood clots, you need to get checked uh, through a D-dimer test, and you need to have a CBC uh, blood panel run to check platelet levels, because there's potential there that you're having this vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. So what this study showed was that the, uh, the data indicated that the vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia antibodies can mimic the effects of heparin by binding to a similar site on something called platelet factor four. Now, platelet factor four uh, is a tetramer that clusters and forms immune complexes, which in turn causes this receptor 
and this FC gamma receptor, uh, that causes that platelet-dependent activation. So vaccine to the sample collection was 14 to 40 days. So what they're seeing is that whenever somebody was injected, it activated this platelet factor four, which causes uh, this clotting cascade to start to become initiated. So right here, another study, uh, recognizing vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia uh, for, through the vaccine. The vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia is a serious complication of vaccination that is not feasible to anticipate or prevent. So this study is basically just saying that, that whenever they, somebody gets the injection, they have no way of knowing, absolutely no way of knowing whether or not somebody is going to develop this uh, thrombotic thrombocytopenia. This is Russian roulette. You know, you, you're just taking a chance. Well, maybe I'll be the one who won't get the vaccine to do thrombotic thrombocytopenia. And if, if you have clotting disorders previously or you're on blood thinners, uh, then you're at higher risk of developing uh, this uh, vaccine to do thrombotic thrombocytopenia. Um, don't take the chance. You know, that again, they're measuring platelet counts and D-dimer levels to see, uh, check for blood clots. That's something that everybody needs to do, especially if they present with headache, neurologic symptoms, abdominal pain, difficulty breathing, or if you have pain or swelling in your limbs after vaccination, go get checked. Have your platelet levels checked and your D-dimer levels checked. And if you know anybody's taking the shot and they have those uh, symptoms after they get the shot, just tell them to go get checked for D-dimer level and platelet uh, count. Very important because we could be preventing, uh, at least trying to get ahead of this thing to prevent um, strokes and heart attacks, uh, blood clots, things that uh, are, are very, very uh, high mortality rate. Uh, Dr. Uh, Smith, study. Dr. Smith, can yeah. I, we, we've got a question in the, uh, in the chat here, and the guy's asking about um, Marion's disease. They were using mRNA technology on chickens back in 2009, and you hadn't mentioned anything about chickens. He wanted to see if you could speak to that. Is that a part of what's going on here as well? You know, I, I don't have that study, okay. um, but it's something I could look into. Okay. Um, yeah, so I can't speak to the chicken study, but what, what I do have are those you know, five studies with the ferrets and the mice and the rabbits. Sure. Okay. Um, I just wanted to ask the question. Thank you. But yeah, Dr. Malone, who who had been created this and been involved with all these clinical trials, uh, a lot of these animal clinical trials, he knew that it wasn't safe. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that chicken study uh, wasn't good either. But but doing it on an animal is completely different than performing it on a human. Um, and I'm going to show a study that, that shows exactly that uh, a little bit later on. So a uh, COVID-positive 52-year-old man presents with venous thromboembolism uh, disseminated intravascular coagulation following the J&J &J vaccine. All right, here, thrombotic complications and uh, thrombocytopenia increase the risk for blood clot growth due to the inflammation of immune complexes by prothrombotic activation of antiplatelet antibodies. Findings of elevated D-dimer, again, there's that D-dimer test, D-dimer levels would decrease fibrinogen and thrombocytopenia uh, with prolonged prothrombin uh, clotting time were consistent with disseminated intravascular coagulation. So basically this, this study is just saying that they, they can put a direct connection between the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and blood clots. And no one in their right mind would want to take this knowing that this shot, the Johnson Johnson uh, and the mRNA, uh, have a, a chance of causing uh, blood clots. Well, now, didn't the FDA come in and didn't they... 
uh, put a pause on the J and J shots. They did, and and then they said they gave it what a few days is what they did. They didn't even give time to look at anything, and then they put it right oh. back out there and said, "Oh yeah, you can use this. It's no problem." And people were still getting the the, the blood clots. They didn't clean up anything. Yeah. They didn't clear anything. Yeah, you, you think they would have figured out? Okay, how do how can we stop these blood clots from happening? But they didn't do that. They they just said, "Well, I mean, we've had people with blood clots, and people have died." Uh, from the J&J shot. So we're going to stop it for a little bit and see if we can keep on doing it. And they came to the conclusion that they could keep on doing it because the complication was, you know, rare. They like to use the word rare. Well, that family member who's had someone die from blood clots from the shot doesn't think it's rare. That's right. They've lost a loved one. Every single life matters. And uh, for a product, if a product kills 50 people, it's immediately taken off the market. But we keep on pushing this thing like it's no big deal. We've lost tens of thousands of people. Uh, but that's okay because the benefit from these shots outweighs all these deaths that we're getting. Well, Dr. That's, Smith. That's wrong. Those, all those people who have lost these loved ones, those people mattered to them. That's right. Those, those kids, those grand, grandparents, those parents who aren't around anymore because they trusted the government and they trusted their doctors. It, it mattered to those families. Yeah. Well, you know, Bill, so, one, of the, one of the things I'm seeing in the chat, we've got several people in here. One lady has come in and said she's had Bell's palsy for seven months. We've got uh, some in here, many in here saying they've had people that have been injured or that they've died in their family or their friends. I mean, this is not a rarity. It might have started no. out as a rarity because it wasn't tried before out in the public, but it's no longer a rarity. When you have tens of thousands, and I think it was Dr. Robert Young said something like uh, millions of people around the world who have died from this shot. Mil- think about that, folks. Millions yeah. of people have died from this shot around the world, not just in the United States, but in, in the world. And even in the U.S. where we're getting what are we at now? About 20,000, something like that, that they're officially yeah. saying have died after following the shot within a year, which is more than 30 years combined of the virus reporting. And we know they only give less than 1% of whatever the reality is. And there are literally throughout the world tens of millions of injured people having some form of injury after yeah. taking these shots. It's it's incredible to me. And I, I, I got to say, if people have wondered... How did people in Nazi Germany just let it go on? You're seeing it. You're seeing it right in front of your eyeballs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's what's so disheartening is that they won't allow these loved ones to share their stories. You know, I I have testimonials from uh, people who have lost loved ones. I tried to upload those to YouTube. And YouTube is committing criminal acts. They, yes, they, they take are. down those videos yep. of those people who are, are saying, my, my loved one, they got the shot, and within a few hours, they died. And it's, they're trying to share the story of, of what happened. And YouTube takes those videos down and says it's medical misinformation. Who yeah. are they to decide that that's medical they're misinformation? Not doc- yeah, they're not doctors. And I, I, think that's imp- I think you could really make a case that says that's impersonating a doctor, just like people yes. who want to tell you to put a mask on when you come into the store. You have to be back. Are they impersonating a doctor? It sounds like that to me. They're giving medical advice. You have to do this to keep this and that, as though they've been to school, as though they have the credentials. Even some of the doctors who are out there pushing this stuff, you know, you have to question them. 
But look, I'll tell you this. Anybody in there, if you have a story to tell, we at the Sons of Liberty will put it on. Just go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, click on the contact button, send it to me in care of me, put in the subject line for Tim. Tell me your story. Give me a phone number where I can contact you. We'll bring your story on the air. I don't mind doing that for people because people need to be made aware because this is a very dangerous thing that we're dealing with, and we're dealing with dangerous people who want to make debt notes. That's what they want. They, they think they're making money, but they're making debt. It's like the Bible says, you know, you're, you're piling up. If you want to try to be righteous in your own sight, you're going to pile up uh, this debt of sin to the day of judgment, and you're going to end up owing it. You're going to end up paying it. And the same thing happens here. They think they're making money, they're, they're acquiring wealth and all, and they're just building up their debt. So if you got a story to tell about yourself, a loved one, or whatever the case may be. Now, please, provide me some information so I know you're genuine, okay? Show me your vaccination card or something like that that, that I can determine that, yes, you did do this. I don't, I don't want just stories coming out to help what we're putting out. But if you're if you're like that, go to sonslibertymedia.com, click on the contact button at the top of the page, send me an email. Make sure that in the subject line you're putting there for Tim, and then send me a number where I can contact you and talk about it. Didn't mean to interrupt there, but I, I think that's important. That, that these stories are being uh, put down, Dr. Smith, and we've had yeah. uh, two YouTube channels taken down, my personal one and the Sons of Liberty, taken down off of YouTube. We're doing okay at Rumble. They haven't messed with us. They said they're not going to mess with us. I hope that's the truth because you know we've got a lot of good information, a lot of doctors like yourself and others who've come on to try to inform people, to warn them, stay away from this stuff. Just wait. Just wait. This thing is like... It's the cold. At the most, you're going to get a severe flu, if that. And and so just wait. You're better off trying to let your own immune system, build up your immune system, and fight this stuff off if you get something. Yeah. And this whole thing, the only explanation I have is that this is satanic. It's a satanic uh, movement that's uh, going through our country. Uh, we need people uh, to put faces with with these uh, things. So, you know, I can explain that the vaccines are causing blood clots. But if somebody comes on and says, I got the shot and, you know, three days later, I developed blood clots all over my body or I have a loved one who passed away because they got the shot and then they developed blood clots. That's going to be a lot more impactful. I'm, I'm happy to explain mechanisms, which is important to understand mechanisms and the association with blood clots and the vaccine. But, uh, you know, having these personal stories, it hits people because there's yep. a face. That's right. That, that condition. Yep. Okay. So uh, back to, you know, do the blood clots or vaccines cause blood clots. So this one uh, article says that the role of platelets in COVID-19 associated coagulopathy in vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia, they speculate the coronavirus spike protein initiated prothrombotic pathways. So again, it goes back to that spike protein because that's what they're causing uh, everybody's uh, cells to manufacture. That prothrombotic pathways were involved in the pathogenesis of vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia as current evidence suggests. The spike protein is the promoter and other cofactors such as perturbed immune response and inflammatory reaction, enhanced production of anti-platelet factor four antibodies. The spike protein of coronavirus uh, upregulates the inflammatory response and injures the vascular endothelium by binding to ACE2. So again, it goes back to the ACE2 receptor that we were talking about um, yesterday, that whenever that spike protein binds to the ACE2 receptor, 
it causes a massive inflammatory response, which leads to blood clots. So I, I, I don't know how then knowing this because they, the drug companies have to know this, how they can know this and how they can say our product is safe. They know it's not safe, yet they, they refuse to take it off the market. The FDA and the CDC know it's not safe, yet they continue pushing it like it's the holy grail, like it's the savior of humanity. It's not. You know, Christ is the savior, not the shot. Come on. Go ahead and preach a little bit so, there, Doc. That's okay. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> thrombosis with thrombocytopenia after messenger mRNA. This is the Moderna vaccine. So it's not just the Johnson Johnson here. They're showing that it's the Moderna vaccine. The distribution of thrombosis, especially cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, was characteristic of vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. They are unable to identify other causes, including SARS-CoV-2 infection, that caused the blood clots. It was the shot. Further, the positive platelet factor 4 enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay for the blood drawn before heparin administration strengthens the likelihood of vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. There was no other explanation besides the shot causing the blood clots. You know, I, I want to go back. Uh, I, I was testifying before the Senate and House uh, Health Committee in Arkansas um, about masks. And one of our legislators, uh, whenever I was telling him that, you know, the masks are causing major psychological uh, and mental health effects that were permanent, that, that were damaging our kids with these masks, he come back and asked me, he said, well, how many kids dying from the virus are too many? And in Arkansas at the time, there had been three childhood deaths. I said any child dying is a great tragedy, but you can't uh, directly tie the mask wearing to you know, prevention of deaths. And what I should have said back to him was, how many people dying from the shot is too many? Yeah. You know, is it 5,000, 10,000, 15,000? Do we put a number on this where we say, okay, it's time to stop? Apparently, there's no cap. We yeah. can kill everyone in the country and keep giving them shots, and we'll be okay. You know, Dr. Bill, so, we had Dr. Jane Ruby on, and she said the same thing. She said, there is no threshold to where they're going to stop this kind of thing. Now, we got a question no. in here, and I think maybe you touched on it a little bit yesterday, but it, this is on the issue of shedding, and I think when we had Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on, she said, it's not really shedding like old vaccines warned about it's sort of a transmission there's something different yeah. i don't know what the difference is maybe you can explain that but some I'll are asking that. i've got some uh, slides coming up okay um, are the vaccinated people shedding i'll explain okay uh, we'll let we'll part. let you answer that then oh speaking of which perfect uh, setup thank you <laughs> so are <laughs> vaccinated individuals shedding the spike protein so i want people to know what the spike protein is so this is what they say the virus looks like, this big ball with these spikes coming off the end. Um, the spike protein is composed of two different components. There's the S1 and the S2. The S1 spike protein is the top of that spike. The S2 is the stalk. It looks like a flower. And I blew that up uh, here. You can see the S1 that attaches to the ACE2 receptor on the surface of the cell. The S2 is what binds that stalk uh, to the, the virus, the main uh, component of the virus. Now, it's important, too, to see that inside that virus, there's something called the nucleocapsid, which is supposedly all that genetic material that's contained within that ball. And then they have these envelope uh, protein and these membrane uh, of the, the uh, whole virus there. 
So just some basic structural of the uh, SARS-CoV-2, what they say is a SARS-CoV-2 virus. So here's a study. Um, it says that fully vaccinated healthcare workers carry 251 times the viral load uh, and they pose a threat to unvaccinated patients. 251 times the viral load. Basically, they're, they're not, uh, they don't have the virus that's coming out of them. What they have coming out of them is the S1 spike protein from the vaccine. They're producing massive amounts of this S1 spike protein because that spike protein, when it's produced by the cell, it uh, starts uh, presenting on the outside of the cell and getting cleaved off and put into circulation. When it's put into circulation, it's so small that it can get through the lung tissue, um, out into the lungs, and then you can breathe that onto people. So the vaccinated individuals uh, are shedding this lab-created um, biotoxin. Uh, and, you, you know, uh, I would suggest if you have anybody that you know who's been recently vaccinated, uh, you should stay away from them for about 14 days. I put this on my intake form at my, my office because I want to know. I'm kind of using myself as an experiment. You know, somebody comes in and it's been five, six days since they got uh, the shot. Uh, I want to be able to see, do I have a major reaction? And I have had reactions from patients who have gotten the shot. And then I ended up, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, I can't breathe uh, because I was exposed to shedding, uh, that shedding effect. So, it's, wow. and, and I, I'm, I'm finding that from patients too. They come in, uh, they, they're sick, they haven't been vaccinated. And I asked them, so were you around vaccinated people recently or events or parties or any of that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, I was, I was okay. I went to this party and then, you know, a couple of days later, I, I developed these symptoms. This is real. We need to connect these dots. You know, and there's a school in Florida um, called the Setner Academy that's been just completely trashed because they, they say if you've been vaccinated as a teacher, you can't teach at our school anymore. Uh, if a child's been vaccinated, they, they have to stay away from the school for a, a period of time. So they're aware of those risks, uh, and, and these are real risks that we have to be uh, aware of. If you go into public around all these vaccinated people, there's a chance you could get sick. All these kids who develop early cases of RSV, their teachers were vaccinated. It's not coincidence. They went to school. The teacher was shedding on the whole classroom, and kids started developing RSV. Wow. We have to be able to draw those connections. Dr. Smith, let me let me pause you because we're coming up on the end of the show, and I want to tell people, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you want to hear the rest of the presentation, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page, and go to beforeitsnews.com. You can go over to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, and our other outlets at dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and you can catch the rest of the interview here with Dr. Smith. And uh, we appreciate Dr. Smith and all that he's doing there to educate us and to do his part in warning. He's out there in the front. We've got a couple of questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss at you in just a minute. Bradley be on with three at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then tomorrow... The Common Core Diva will be with us Rotten to the Core Wednesday. Don't forget that. We'll see you then. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, Dr. Smith, I've got a couple of questions I want to toss at you. One of them is about what you were talking about, about the clots. Jennifer asked uh, to ask you about what is causing clots and post-convid, the, pe- the people who allegedly have the convids, who are unvaxxed, 
Uh, she has two friends that are dealing with this. One is 41. One is in his early 70s. D- do you know what's causing that? Is that part of the shedding that's happening? Uh, maybe they're getting yeah, around I, other people and things like that? I, I believe there is a, a major uh, connection uh, between that S1 spike protein getting into the lungs, blocking those ACE2 receptors. And when those ACE2 receptors are blocked, it leads to increased uh, blood clots and lung inflammation. So there, there's a, a definite connection. We need to start drawing those uh, connections. If somebody comes up and they're unvaccinated and they start developing uh, lung issues, start developing blood clots, uh, start having blood pressure issues, uh, then we need to start uh, asking, who have you been around recently? You know, have you been around a loved one, uh, especially an elderly population? If you've been, and they're unvaccinated, if they've been around a loved one who's been recently vaccinated within that first two weeks, they're at high risk of um, being exposed to that shedding effect and then developing lung conditions and, and blood clots. So it's just something to, to be aware of. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I think there is a definite connection. There. Okay. And so with them, if, if they're if they're pushing this, of course, we know they're lying. We know they're committing fraud. I, there's a part of me that wants to just go down here and deal with my attorneys and say, can we start a uh, can we start a lawsuit against the politicians, big pharma, somebody uh, for the fraud that they're committing by saying these things are safe and effective when it's clear they're not. But uh, Mr. Wordsworth uh, over at DLive says, uh, you know, they're they're encouraging people more to get these shots. Is is it your opinion that they could be doing this because they don't have to get everybody to get the shot? They just have to get a large percentage because they know that it's going to whatever they're giving in the shot is going to spread to some extent to other people who aren't going to get the shot. Is that would would you say that's probably a a good theory to work with as to what what's going on there? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that that is they they knew whenever they inject people with this mRNA uh, technology. They include much more of the mRNA than the person actually needs. So they, they get a high load of this, uh, this nanolipid technology put into the bodies, and they know that they're going to produce excess and that it's, their body's not going to be able to handle it all. So they're going to spew it out into everyone around them. And it's not just through the lungs. You know, it's going out through the urine uh, and through, uh, through the stools. And so there, there's ways that people get exposed to this that they otherwise wouldn't. And so I... You know, it's also new. I don't know how long the spike protein uh, from that's produced from the vaccine stays intact, especially when it gets into our wastewater system. You know, and, and you could be exposed to that through the drinking water. We don't know. It's also new. They haven't done the studies to figure this stuff out. And so we're just, we're guessing at, at this point. This is not something I want to guess with. You know, you got millions of people. We we know from uh, past studies that for, with birth control, for example, people who are taking this hormone therapy, it gets into the water supply. And what they noticed in the water reservoirs were, were that um, male uh, fish were starting to turn female. Uh, they have, had chromosome uh, changes uh, because of the hormones that were in the drinking water supply. And we're drinking that stuff. So it's not uh, just a, a, a huge leap to think that People who have gotten the vaccine, every time they use the bathroom, they're flushing the spike uh, proteins down the toilet, and then we're getting it to the, our drinking supply. Not, not to scare anybody, but, but we use a reverse osmosis system in our house, which filters everything out of the system, uh, including um, 
you know, spike proteins and viruses. Uh, and, and so it'd be a good idea. Make sure, because if you don't have clean uh, water, you're not going to be able to be healthy. Yeah, Dr. So, Smith, one of, the, one of the things that we do here, and I've promoted on the show, is chlorine dioxide. And I don't know yeah. if you've – have you read the uh, study by Andreas Kalker? Yeah. All these He says that, that, that the convids that he's encountering, what he calls the convids, are, are not um, this uh, virus. He said it's like a blood disease. That's what he calls it. Yeah. He says everybody that comes to me, he says the only people I can't help are the ignorant and the fearful. He said I can help them with chlorine dioxide. 100% of them recover. I can help people with staph infections with chlorine dioxide. And this is a natural compound. It's not a drug that you have to get from people. He says he, he's helped cancer patients beat cancer, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's almost like a universal thing because – all it's doing is driving oxygen into the cells, but we use it here, you know, prophylactically in our water filtration. Uh, we've got the, you know, it's not a Berkey, but it's a Waters or whatever, it, Waltons or whatever it is. I forget what it is. Uh, but we do have a Berkey because my daughter brought one around Thanksgiving and said, hey, the people I work for didn't want this. I can't imagine wow. what's going on there, <laughs> but they brought it. And so, you know, that's like $300 water filter. So we got two of them because we go through the stuff so much. But you can take and uh, add that chlorine dioxide in there prophylactically, and that works in your body. It's good for about 45 minutes, I think. So if you're drinking water all day long, all of that's going into your system. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the, the Mockingbird Media said, oh, you're drinking bleach. No, you're not. It's not even the same. Yeah. It's not even the same makeup. So, you know, here I am, a redneck out here in South Carolina. I can see that, and yet the mockingbird media, useful idiots, will tell people to scare them from what can be very beneficial to them. And you know, it's amazing. I think America's frontline doctors were some who pointed out, you know, they were using some of these old drugs, and I still say it points back to big pharma, ivermectin, and and hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, let's get away from them completely. I don't want them to make yeah. a penny off of people. Let's start giving them creation-based medicine to help them, uh, you know, to, 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 to treat themselves, to bring healing to their body, whatever the case may be. And again, I want to say this just so I cover my backside. This is for information purposes only. If you want to talk to a real doctor, go to a talk to a real doctor. Well, not that we don't have one here, but if you want medical advice, go talk to your doctor. We're giving you information that hopefully is there to save your life. Yeah, uh, and and so uh, I think chlorine dioxide. One of the great things about that is that it blocks uh, the binding of the spike protein to yes. the H two receptor. Yep, uh, which is crucial. It's key to to staying healthy throughout this whole thing. Um, here's another study uh, that was done: breakthrough infections in the Pfizer vaccine to healthcare workers. Uh, what they saw was these people they had only mild symptoms. And they probably didn't even know they were sick, but they had high viral loads. Basically, it isn't a virus. It's the spike protein. And they had prolonged viral shedding up to 32 days after diagnosis. We, we got to take that viral word out of there. Uh, they had high spike loads, and they have prolonged spike shedding up to 32 days after diagnosis. So people are shedding. Uh, right here, uh, this article, acute kidney injury with gross hematuria and IgA nephropathy after COVID-19 vaccination. So what they saw in this study, and I'll go over the study again when uh, we look at the spike protein that's damaging the body. They saw nasal shedding of the spike protein still occurred after vaccination with both mRNA vaccines, both vaccines, suggesting a lack of mucosal IgA response. 
And uh, that's that's crucial. I'll, I'll explain what the IGA response is a little bit later. So yeah, shedding is taking place. So is the spike protein toxic? And it's, a lot of people have this question. I went over this slide yesterday, and I think Satan was trying to interrupt us because I got cut off when I was talking about this. <laughs> yeah. this, this is from the CDC. We'll see if I get cut off again. We'll know <laughs> that it's the government. The CDC says that mRNA vaccines use mRNA created in a laboratory. This isn't a natural spike protein. This is how they make all their money. They, they have to be able to patent the spike protein, and Pfizer's got their own spike protein, and Moderna's got their own spike protein. That's how they're making the money, is they've created their own genetic code. This is not from God. This was created in a laboratory. This is satanic. And their genetic code triggers an immune response inside of our bodies. This doesn't make you immune to anything in nature. It, it gives you a, an immune reaction to something they created. So it's why the vaccine isn't effective at preventing you from getting sick is because they're trying to give you antibodies to something that they created in their own laboratory. So this is, it's criminal. This is Frankenstein on a whole different level. Yeah, I call the it Frankenscience. Yeah, exactly. So the mRNA will enter the muscle cells, instruct the cells machinery to produce a harmless piece of what's called the spike protein. Harmless. They call it harmless. They're lying. They lie to us. They know they're lying to us, and they expect us to buy this stuff. People who, who are willing to listen and hear the truth about what I'm saying today and what other doctors are saying will realize this spike protein isn't harmless. This spike protein is what's causing people to get sick. And that so-called Delta variant was nothing more than spike shedding and, and spike toxicity uh, from people who had gotten the vaccine. Uh, next, the, the mRNA, uh, the spike protein, is supposed to be displayed on the outside of the cell. What they got wrong here is that that spike protein gets cleaved off to put into circulation. That was never supposed to happen because that once it got into circulation, it went everywhere in the body. It didn't stay where it was supposed to stay. It says the immune system recognizes that protein doesn't belong there, and that is true. That protein isn't supposed to be there, and that triggers an autoimmune reaction. That autoimmune reaction causes your body to attack itself because your body says something's not right. There's a foreign invader here. We need to get rid of it. And so it starts developing an autoimmune reaction and causes major uh, effects throughout the body. So the, that's from the CDC. The CDC knows exactly how this is working. They know that it's, it's toxic and it's deadly, and they continue uh, pushing it on people. So is the spike protein toxic? Free SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, S1. That's going to be important. I explained to you what the S1 spike protein was a little bit ago. Remember, this S1 is bad news. It's in the vaccine. That's what they're telling your body to make is the S1 spike protein. And that may play a role in the pathogenesis of COVID-19 infection. It's not a COVID-19 infection. This is spike toxicity, spike poisoning. So the S1 uh, spike protein is shed from the infected cells, the vaccinated cells, and that decreases ACE2 activity. If you decrease ACE2 activity in the lung and you have increased ACE activity, which I was explaining yesterday, and if people who didn't see that yesterday need to go back and watch that, uh, that may lead to uh, thrombosis, blood clots, inflammation, and pulmonary damage. So just confirmation about that whole, and this is a slide I went over yesterday. You've got what they say is the virus coming in. The S1 breaks off 
attaches to the ACE2 receptor, blocks the ACE2 receptor so that there's only ACE left that leads to increased inflammation, blood clots, and lung damage. So it's a mechanism behind every person that shows up in the hospital. And they show up in the hospital, difficulty breathing, they can't breathe because their lungs are filling with fluid. And when their lungs fill with fluid, oxygen can't get through into the bloodstream. And so they say, let's put them on a ventilator. And you, it doesn't matter if you force air into their lungs because oxygen is not gonna be able to get through to all that fluid into the bloodstream. So they end up destroying their lung tissue. The people end up dying on a ventilator when it was completely preventable. If they had, they had just started blocking the binding of the, the S1 spike protein to the ACE receptor, ACE2 receptor, you would have been able to stop the inflammatory process. But they're not doing that because they're treating it wrong. And remdesivir does nothing more than destroy the kidneys. When you destroy the kidneys, you're going to increase fluid going yep. into the lung. And that's going to cause people to have an even faster death. Yep. So well, the, you know, Doctor Dr. Smith, this is that's what they did to our friend Stephen Spivey, who made the Fallen Angel, you know, Extortion Seventeen film. They gave he just had some some COVID like symptoms, is what it, which is usually what maybe some breathing issues, a couple of other things that are symptomatic, and they give him the rendezvous and it just killed him. I mean, and he's he was a he was about my age, I think. Um, we got a question in here though. Um, yeah. There's a there's somebody that's come into D Live and they've asked. Where is the evidence for the spike proteins being in, you know, the the mRNA shots and this, that, and the other, and all this other? Where's the evidence for that? Now, I think you've given some. We've covered several things, and several doctors have pointed out these kinds of things. Can you speak to that and answer uh, this person's question? Yeah, so the the companies themselves, if you look at their uh, ingredient sheets, they, they tell you that the mRNA is in the shot. We, we don't need to go very far to find that out. And, I, and they patented the name of their mRNA. Yeah. Would so you it, would you say that, that it's somebody like that who might be like me and they're not, you know, they, they don't have the background of the names and what those things mean. And they're looking for spike protein in the ingredients. And yet the messenger RNA is exactly what's, what's determining yeah. that. Is that right? And, and my understanding, they're exactly sending right, the message exactly. to the DNA, right? Yeah, so the messenger RNA, what it is, so inside uh, the, the carrier uh, device, uh, which is that pegylated nanolipid particle, and the outside of that pegylated nanolipid particle, they needed it to be strong, and so they, they used graphene hydroxide and graphene oxide to create that the pegylated nanolipid particle, and they got it from a company in, in China called uh, Sino, uh, Sinopeg. And they're the ones who pioneered this pegylated nanolipid particle. So we're getting product from China that's being injected in our bodies, which is a problem in and of itself. But they, they package their mRNA inside that pegylated nanolipid particle. And when it gets put into the body, it passes right through the musculature into the bloodstream. When it gets into the bloodstream, uh, that pegylated nanolipid particle, what ends up happening, it, it attaches to the cell it delivers its payload, which is the mRNA. The mRNA gets into the cell. It takes over the cell's manufacturing capability. And that mRNA is nothing more than a code that tells your cell's uh, manufacturing uh, process what to make. So it attaches to the endoplasmic reticulum, the mRNA does. And that uh, is where uh, tRNA comes in. And that combines with the mRNA to create the protein. And that, that just creates this factory of spike production. And then that spike protein, once it's been created in the cell, 
uh, your body presents that spike protein on the outside of the cell and that's where the immune reaction is supposed to take place that was the whole basis behind these shots was well if we can uh, you know make the body think that this uh, cell is a virus we can develop immunity to it but there's a lot of flaws in that because what ends up happening is and you, if you develop immunity, the only immunity you're developing is to that S1 spike protein. But they're saying that the virus, not only is it an S1 spike protein, it's an S1, it's an S2, it's an envelope protein, it's a membrane protein, it's a nucleocapsid. And so, you know, natural immunity, if we have to go into this natural versus vaccine immunity debate, natural immunity is, is so much better because not only would you develop immunity to the S1 spike protein, you also develop immunity to the S1, the S2, the nucleocapsid, the membrane protein, and the envelope uh, protein. And that's vastly superior to just having antibodies to the S1 portion of the spike protein. So hopefully that, does that answer that question? Yeah, I, no, I think so, because uh, we, we also dealt with that with, uh, I think when we had Dr. Madej on, she was talking about the graphene oxide. I think Kate has said this too. The, the graphene ox or the graphene was in uh, the hydrogels and they don't come out and say, well, this is a hydrogel. They use another name for, I forget what this stuff is. It's very technological. That's why I have doctors on to talk about this stuff, but they said, this is in these, these hydrogels are in this and there's graphene in those things as well. And so they don't come out and tell you this has this, they tell you it's something else that something else yeah, yeah it's yeah they, they, that's what they doing. say it's a, a polyethylene glycol or pegylated yes. uh, nanolipid particle and nobody right. knows what that means you go on Cinepeg's website they they uh, say on their website that they use graphene in the production of the pegylated nanolipid particle uh, so this this isn't like a mystery we we have all the evidence that we need so this, this study here is super important to understand. I'm going to go over that. But basically, um, I'm going to go to this slide here. And this first uh, section here, the, what they did, they took mice that uh, they, they made them transhuman mice. They put H2 receptors in the lungs of these mice. And so, you know, I don't know how they did that, but they got H2 receptors in the lungs of these mice. And they wanted to see... Uh, how the different spike proteins and saline would interact with the, uh, the ACE2 receptors in the lungs of these mice. And what they saw, the first mouse here with the uh, human ACE2 receptor, that K18HACE2VEH, basically all that means is they exposed that mouse to just saline. They shot saline up its nose to see what would happen to the lung tissue. And that blown up, blown up image there uh, on, on the right, uh, it shows that the lung tissue was wide open. There are many spaces for air to get through into the bloodstream. And so the saline had no impact on the mice that had the ACE2 receptor. Now, that second one, it, they exposed mice to just the S1 portion of the spike protein, the, the mice with the ACE2 receptor. And what they saw was massive inflammation in the lungs of these mice. So much so that oxygen could not get through into the, the bloodstreams of these mice. These mice were dying. And so it was the S1 spike protein. And then they wanted to see, well, what if we, we expose them to the S1 and S2 spike protein? So they put the S1 and S2 spike protein, exposed it to the mice. And what they saw was some, some lung inflammation. And that's the top right uh, image there. But not enough 
to cause these mice to start to die. They could still breathe. So it wasn't the full spike protein that was causing that. It was just the S1. And so they then they took a wild-type mouse, a mouse that didn't have the ACE2 receptor in its lungs. They exposed that mouse to S1 spike protein. And what they saw was that there was some lung inflammation similar to uh, the full spike protein and the ACE2 receptor mice, um, but not enough to kill the mice. So that S1 spike protein was specifically engineered to cause massive lung inflammation in human ACE2 receptors, not in mice. That's what I was talking about before. The animal studies are great, but they're not like the human studies. This is what happens in humans. Whenever you have that S1 spike protein attached to that ACE2 receptor, that is what's killing people, not the full spike protein from the virus. Well, they want to call it the virus, but it's the S1 from the spike from the vaccine that causes massive lung inflammation. So this is just kind of a blow up uh, image. And thank you for Dr. Bean on, uh, on YouTube. It's B-E-E-N. He's a very intelligent guy. He has a gift uh, of, of art. As you can see, he drew this, but he wanted to demonstrate what it looked like in the alveoli. So the alveoli, that's the deepest portion of the lung where oxygen gets through to the bloodstream. So what happened was he noticed uh, through that study that there was massive edema or fluid uh, that was filling up the lungs. Then there was something called septal thicken thickening and highline membrane thickening. When that thickening of the lining of the alveoli happens, oxygen, it's harder for oxygen to get through. And then finally, they saw that there was leukocyte infiltration, which indicated uh, the cytokine storm. So there was massive inflammation occurring in the lungs, thickening and fluid accumulation. So there was no way that oxygen was going to be able to get through that tissue. It was going to be much more difficult to get into the bloodstream. And so that, that's an explanation of why when you get exposed to the S1, uh, you develop this massive lung inflammation that's going on. It's the S1 spike protein binding to the ACE2 receptor initiating this inflammatory cascade. And hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. So here's another study. S1 spike protein uh, induces pro-inflammatory response through toll-like receptor 4 signaling in murine and human uh, macrophages. So these results suggest that SARS-CoV-2 spike protein S1, it's always the S1, activates the TLR4 signaling to induce pro-inflammatory response. Therefore, the TLR4 signaling in macrophages may be a potential target for regulating excess inflammation in COVID-19 patients. It is possible that S1 binds to ACE2, which mediates pro-inflammatory responses in macrophages. We just keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again. If you take anything out of this, it's that the S1 is, is what causes the massive inflammation throughout the body, the blood clots, all this stuff that we're seeing. Multi-system organ failure is those clottings, those microclots get into the circulation. They go uh, to every blood vessel in the body and it cuts off blood supply and you get organ failure. Um, here, the effects of the A-beta-1-4-2 binding to SARS-CoV-2 spike protein S1 subunit and ACE2. Always the S1 binding to ACE2 receptor. In conclusion, these findings suggest that the binding of A-beta-1-4-2 to the S1 of SARS-CoV-2 and ACE2 may have a negative impact on the course and severity of SARS-CoV-2 infection. 
Uh, here, uh, I went over this yesterday, but this has to do with the CD147 receptors on the heart, those cardiac receptor cells. When that S1 spike protein binds to those cardiac receptor cells, it causes uh, major microvascular injury in organs that are even distant from the site of infection. And that me mechanism may have clinical and therapeutic implications. The study suggests that soluble S protein can potentially propagate damage to organs distant from site infection and promote microvascular injury. So this S1 spike protein, it, it's the weapon. S1 protein is SARS-CoV-2. This is important. It crosses the blood-brain barrier in mice. And if it crosses the blood-brain barrier in mice, it's going to cross the blood-brain barrier in humans. And guess where the ACE2 receptor? They're in the brain. And whenever these spike proteins bind to ACE2 receptors in the brain, you're going to develop neurological problems. So that Guillain-Barre, the Bell's palsy, uh, all these neurologic problems can be explained by binding of the S1 spike protein to the ACE2 receptors in the brain. And, and it's not just the vaccinated. This can get in through unvaccinated people as well. So there's a portion in your sinuses called the cribriform plate where the um, olfactory nerve comes down uh, and a, that spike protein can get through the olfactory nerve there and develop massive inflammation in the olfactory nerve. So that, that lack of ability to taste and smell indicates inflammation and infiltration of the S1 spike protein to the ACE2 receptors on the olfactory nerves and in the brain. So it, it's all, it can all be traced back and explained. So right here, all tissues uh, showed uptake of S1 spike protein, but much higher S1 spike protein uh, uptake was noticed in the liver compared to the kidneys. So that's saying that predominantly your liver is the one that's trying to clear the S1 spike protein from the body. And people who have taken the shot, and I think everybody just in general needs to do a liver detox. But uh, they also found that uh, the S1 spike protein entered all regions of the brain. Here are cell death and pathological findings of the spleen in COVID-19 patients. It was found that 67% of the, the S1, uh, the immune cells were positive for spike protein. So, and this is in the spleen. It gets into the spleen. It gets everywhere in the body. I'm just trying to show you uh, that there's research that's been done showing that this S1 spike protein is bad news. No one should be exposed to this stuff. The pathogenesis COVID-19 is related to cytokine storm. There are more immune cells, including macrophages and COVID-19 patients compared to the control group with, when, within the spleen tissue, indicating that infiltrating immune cells may play an important role in the pathogenesis of COVID-19. Here, circulating SARS-CoV-2 vaccine antigen detected in plasma of the Moderna vaccine recipient. So S1 levels were significantly associated with disease severity uh, in, in uh, patients who were getting sick, the S1. The nucleocapsid antigen was undetectable, meaning that there was no evidence that they had been exposed to a virus. They only had evidence that they had been exposed to S1 spike protein in all these participants. S1 antigen was detected early as day one post-vaccination and peak levels were detected on uh, average five days after the first injection. So shedding is at its peak five days after the vaccine. And these studies are so important because if we can prove that people just have antibodies to the S1 spike protein and no antibodies to the nucleocapsid of the virus, we can prove that these people are getting sick from the vaccine or dying from the vaccine. I'm going to show that later on. 
Okay, right here, um, for virological and serological characterization after the Moderna vaccine says, due to the concomitant absence of anti-N IgG in most cases, uh, they saw that there are no neutralizing antibodies. Uh, proof that the vaccine only produces antibodies to the spike and not to the nuclear capsid. So what are the effects on immunity? So a mucosal immunity in COVID-19, what is it doing to our immune system when we get these vaccines? What they're finding, there's uh, a couple of antibodies that, that are supposed to be produced whenever you encounter um, a pathogen. So more than a couple, but we're gonna talk about a couple here, one called uh, IgA and another called IgG. IgA is an anti-inflammatory antibody. And it's your frontline defense. Whenever a pathogen comes in through your nose, it, IgA is supposed to be the antibody that gets produced in response to that pathogen. And that's your anti-inflammatory antibody. Now, if that the uh, pathogen gets past your IgA defenses, it gets into the deep lung tissue and that activates an IgG response. That IgG response causes massive amounts of inflammation. It's like the, the nuclear bomb going off to try and destroy uh, the invader. You'd rather have a strong IgA response because it's anti-inflammatory than IgG. So what they saw in this study was that a serious pathology of COVID-19 occurs in terminal airways of lungs where circulating IgG is the dominant immunoglobulin that resulted in intense inflammation. What they saw was that serum IgA is essentially non-inflammatory, even anti-inflammatory in actions. Selective IgA deficiency affects both mucosal and circulatory components and subjects often show increased susceptibility to upper respiratory tract infections. Uh, deficiency of serum IgA would be expected to enhance the infection, facilitating descent into the lower respiratory tract. So people who are deficient in IgA develop serious lung complications. And what we're gonna see here is that the vaccine causes your IgA immunity to be downregulated or even absent. And that leads to much more severe response because it's, they're utilizing IgG antibodies. So human IgG and IgA responses, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, spike serum uh, IgA levels decay significantly faster than spike specific IgG after people are vaccinated. So their IgA response, it's not working anymore. They only have IgG, which is terrible for outcome if you only have IgG response. So the first uh, known case of post-mortem study in a patient vaccinated against SARS-CoV-2, right here, this is a doctor who looked at that study and what he came to the conclusion was that vaccinations containing the spike protein could well inhibit or even wipe out innate as well as adaptive immunity. And he's calling for a halt of these experimental vaccines worldwide. They're destroying your immune system. This is something called vaccine autoimmune deficiency syndrome or VAIDS. There's a new term out for this. And this is coming to the light now. People who get the shot, they're more predisposed to have damaged immune systems, which leads to an autoimmune deficiency syndrome, uh, vaccine-induced AIDS. So another reason, don't, don't take it. It destroys your immune system. Uh, here, acute uh, kidney injury. We went over this earlier, but, but uh, here we're going to see that uh, you have a lack of uh, mucosal IgA response following vaccination. You don't have an I IgA response, which is indicative of destroying your innate God-given immune system. The innate immune system was put there at birth by God, and this vaccine is destroying it. 
It's also destroying the adaptive immune system, which is your body's ability to adapt to pathogens that it hasn't seen uh, previously. And if it destroys the adaptive immune system, as well as the innate immune system, you don't have an immune system. Right here, COVID-19 vaccines may not prevent nasal SARS-CoV-2 infection and asymptomatic transmission. Systemic respiratory vaccines generally provide limited protection against viral replication. And you hear that. Uh, vaccines don't provide protection against viral replication and shedding within the airway, as this requires a local mucosal secretory IgA response. If you don't have IgA response, you can't prevent viral replication and shedding. And so a lot of these vaccinated people don't have an IgA response. They're going to shed on people uncontrollably because there's no IgA response. Here, rogue antibodies involved in nearly one-fifth of COVID deaths. And autoantibodies, they attack and block interferons, uh, protein molecules in the blood that have a critical role in fighting off viral infections. So if you don't, if you have these rogue antibodies, these autoantibodies that attack the interferons, you cannot fight off viral infections or other infections for that matter. Overall, 13.6% of patients possess autoantibodies, which is a huge amount of people that were getting the vaccine. All right, SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage and inhibits uh, the uh, recombination in vitro. So this is another thing that's happening. When people get vaccinated, what they're seeing is that you can't repair your DNA anymore. So the outbreak of cancers that are going on, this can point back to that. If that spike protein gets into your cell and inhibits DNA repair, you're gonna have cancer because that's what cancer is. Cancer is your genetic code isn't being repaired properly whenever there are breaks in it, especially double-stranded breaks within the DNA. And you start uh, replicating these terrible malformed cells, which is cancer. It's your body's own way of it. Uh, it can't control and heal itself. So we need to, we need to address that. You know, Dr. Bill, let me let me interject one thing. I want people to pay attention to if if you're not seeing this, Dr. Bill is not appealing to the Sons of Liberty media, is not appealing to Breitbart or Town Hall or Fox News or he's appealing to scientific studies. And I notice a lot of this, Dr. Bill, is what's interesting is you're bringing a lot of stuff from uh, Fauci's NIH over there. So it, yeah. it's not like you're just pulling this out of thin air. Oh, I just want to pull everything together to make them look bad. You're pulling the actual scientific data. People who've done the st studies, they put it out. And I've noticed a bunch of your stuff is right from the NIH website. So I, I just want yeah. people to understand that when we're talking about this, for people who call, who say this is conspiracy theory, no, this is actual conspiracy. You actually have two or more people, and there's a lot more people involved than two, who are pushing this agenda. Some of them are ignorantly doing it. They don't know any better. They're getting you know funding for their campaign or whatever they're doing, but they're involved with it too, and all of them have to be held accountable. And I want to say something to our friend over in the UK, uh, Ebony. Sister, if you don't have friends and neighbors who are not given the shot, if they're not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, do your best to find them, and then I'm gonna, I'm just going to say it, okay? You need to get whatever tools you can get to defend yourself. If it's a shovel, if it's a rake, if it's whatever, if they're already telling you they're going to come do this to you, they have intentions of murdering you. And the yeah. Bible, all throughout the Old Testament, and Jesus has it right before he goes to the cross, he tells his he tells his disciples, and the people go, oh, well, he told Peter to put the knife away. Well, wait a minute. He didn't tell him to get rid of it. He said, put it away. 
Because Peter, you know, they based the whole Pope thing, I don't want to get off on this, but they based the whole Pope thing off Peter. And Peter, immediately when he's allegedly given the keys to the kingdom and becomes the first Pope, denies the gospel. And Jesus rebukes him as Satan. And the same thing happens there when he, you know, aims for the head and gets the ear. And Jesus says, you put it away, the person who lives by the sword will die by the sword. I'm not saying live by the sword. We shouldn't be violent when we don't have to. The Bible says we should live in peace with men as much as possible with us. But when they come after us to kill us, to kill our family, to kill our neighbors, and this shot, I think, Dr. Smith, you've done a great job over the past couple of days of showing this. They are out to kill people. They're not out to heal people. They're out to kill them. And they're reckless in doing it. The people have a responsibility to defend themselves against those, whether they're agents of the state. And look, I have no sympathy for you cops who are enforcing this kind of stuff. You're mass mandated. You get, you're going to get what you deserve. You are. You need to repent of your allegiance to the state and to tyrants. And uh, I, I think that message needs to be heard because nobody wants to say it for fear, oh, they're going to come in. I'm not inciting violence. The violent ones are coming after us. And so if we're going to stand, look, find anybody who was worth their salt within the Old Testament. You find David doing it. You find Samson doing it. You find the judges in the book of Judges doing it, standing against the tyranny to the point where if they have to deal with taking lives, they do that. Now, I'm not advocating that we go out there and murder people. That is not what I'm doing. I'm saying it is a defensive posture. Sister, prepare yourself. Get with people of like mind. And I'll say that not just in the UK, anywhere where they're doing this. Get with people who are of like mind. Defend one another. That's part, my goodness, that's part of loving one another. Do we sit back and just let watch somebody be killed? I know that's the prominent thing today. Break out our camera and get it for, you know, hits and views and stuff. Or do we actually show love for them? And one, I, I would say like what Dr. Uh, Bill is talking about, we take care of our bodies. We build up our immune system. That's what we have doctors on for, not just to show us the problem, but how to, how to take care of it within our own selves as God has designed, but also defending one another. I mean, we used to understand this as Americans. We used to understand it was a good and a godly and a biblical thing to defend the innocent against tyrants. Uh, sorry, I get off on a little rant there, but I, I do see this, Dr. Bill, and I, I see people doing it. And again, we ask the questions, well, why didn't people stand up in Nazi Germany? Well, there were some who did it, but they did it kind of silently. We saw Schindler's List, you know, it's kind of under the radar. And I think that's a good thing. There, there's some wisdom in doing that. But when you're face-to-face with somebody because you have a truncheon, a knife, or a gun, and they know when they pull you out and find them, they're just going to kill you in the street. You don't get no trial or nothing like that. You have to stand up and do that. Our Scottish Covenant or forefathers knew that. They fought, and they fought until... You know, in God's providence, they were captive to the tyrant, and they went to the gallows or wherever they went to, singing the psalms, praying for their enemies, preaching the gospel, and they went to the Lord, honoring Him. But while they had a chance, they fought, and I, I just I think that needs to be put out there because some people say, well, "What can we do?" Well, the first thing is try the bloodless route, and that's let's get this information out. Uh, Doctor Smith had a thing yesterday. I'll try to remember to put that up again, uh, Dr. Smith, uh, from yesterday. The letter that you can print off and send to your uh, representatives from Dr. David Martin. 
that's going to be on there. Also, if uh, you can send me a link to your presentation, I'd love to put that up. So if people want to go back through yeah. it, they can click on the links and look at it themselves. That'd be great. And uh, sorry for interrupting there. I, I think that needs to be put out that people, you have to prepare yourself. You can't sit back in hopelessness. There is hope in Christ. He is our king. If he went before the people of God in the Old Testament, do you not think he'll go before us as his people? He's he's immutable. He's unchangeable. He is the God right. who fights our battles. He's our shield and our buckler, our strong refuge, our strong tower. Do we believe that or do we not? And And then it's not just believing that he is. It's that we live according to that. We're not just sitting back going, hey, God, will you take care of all this for us? I want him to do that. And he may do that, but it's the thing of he uses the means of doing that in the process as well. Uh, Dr. Smith, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt too much there, no, that's but okay. I want to get that. I, I, I like when you interject. Uh, it's, it's, it's helpful. So, you know, if people haven't realized by now, we're, we're at a war and we're, we're just we're not putting up a defense. Uh, we're allowing the enemy to come in and kill us that's relentlessly. Right. And we're sitting now and saying, well, what can I do? Uh, you know, fight back, you know, fight back with the truth. This is what I'm doing, but I need more people to stand up and fight back. Amen. Do little things, you know, uh, run for your city council and your government positions, try and get elected to, so that you can enact change. Uh, you, uh, you know, I, I shared this presentation uh, with the state legislators, uh, with, with the uh, Senate health committee. And I'm sure like nobody read read it but that doesn't mean they didn't have the information in their hand they just refused to hear the truth and act how can you have this evidence in your hand and say well what can we do well you know we're not really in a position to protect the people that's your job we elected senators and representatives to do what's best for the people in the time we need them the most to step up and say there's something wrong with this shot we need to say no. Uh, stop the shot. They won't do it because they're That's right. by major corporations, and they're getting threats from corporations that saying that if you go against us and you uh, limit people's ability to get this shot, we're going to take our job somewhere else. And I say, fine. Let Walmart leave the state. Let them take their jobs. Come somewhere on, else because. People are resilient. Yep. They're going to stand up and fill the gap because there's a need that needs to be filled. And we don't need Walmart. We don't need Tyson. We don't need J.B. Hunt or any of these other major corporations that we have here in our state. We can take their jobs somewhere else and we'll come up with new jobs. So people are afraid. And that's why they, they don't stand up because they, they've got these comfy jobs and they're not trusting God to provide for them. They've given themselves all the credit. They say, well, I can't lose this job because I make all this money to support my family, me, 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 me. But they need to wake up and realize that they don't have that job because of anything they, they did. God put that job into their laps. That's right, if brother. God wants to give them a new job that provides for them, God's going to do it. But they have to step out in faith and stand up for what's right and Come stand on. up for those other people that are around them and encourage them and say, God gave you that job. God's giving you all these resources because God controls all the resources. That's None right. Of these resources are you, are from you, or created now, by you. Now I got a question. Created by God. That's right. I got a question. How many people want to go to Doctor Smith for for if they have health issues, huh? You got a doctor that speaks like this. He's smiling a little bit. I like it when you smile. You're, you're all serious and everything, which is great. I like it when you smile. But how many people want to go to doctors? 
who actually believe in the God they speak about. They're not just they're not just patronizing you. They actually live it. And 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 Dr. Smith, before you continue, you're going to show us about the autopsies here. Before you continue, tell us what you told us la- uh, yesterday, and that is you guys are looking to start to set up. I'm not going to lay hands on you again, but uh, the camera's out of focus there. Uh, the uh, <laughs> well, I'll lay hands on you. God bless you, you know, for what you're doing. You. But the but the point is, is this. Uh, tell the people just a little bit before you get into the autopsies part what you guys are doing with America's Frontline Doctors to set up these clinics that are that are based on the very philosophy and the science that you guys are promoting here that actually goes to the root of it. It's not pseudoscience. It's not the science falsely called as Paul warned Timothy about, but it is the it is the real science. It's the, it's the study of the creation that God has made. Yeah, so we want to create these integrative health clinics that aren't reliant on uh, a lot of uh, pharmaceutical products. We, we want to move uh, a little bit more toward natural health care, which is what I've been doing my entire career, which works. Uh, and, and we want to educate people on how to uh, live healthier uh, lives, lives that God meant for them to live, uh, not, not trying to cover up symptoms, but trying to treat them at their, their source. And so there's been a shift, and in, in, I guess it's a medical awakening that these drug companies don't have our best interests in mind, that we need, we need to start looking uh, more into natural therapies and lifestyle changes uh, and exercise, uh, that type of stuff, in order to get people healthy. And people need to start taking ownership for their temples. You know, God said that uh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times I ask my patients, what do you? What type of temple do you have the Holy Spirit living in? Is the Holy Spirit living in a mansion or a mobile home? You have a choice about that and how well you take care of your body. I'm just thinking, you know, maybe God has a sense of humor when you get up to heaven. Said God, uh, Jesus went to prepare a place for us. Well, what if your place in heaven is what you gave the Holy Spirit to live in? What if you're going to get a, a mobile home? You'll still be in heaven, but you'll be living in a mobile home. You'll live <laughs> with those people who have taken good care of their temple mm. when they're alive here on earth, and they've mm. got the mansion. Mm. And you don't have to be wealthy to take care of your mansion, your body, your temple. Provide good place for that Holy Spirit to indwell within you. And, and that's just the responsible thing to do because people who don't take care of their temples are a drain on everyone else in, in society. They, they, they come at a huge cost, and we wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now if all of us took better care of our bodies. So it's so important. Take care of yourselves. Do what you know you need to do. Eat good, fresh, healthy food. Grow as much of your own food as you can. Uh, eat that grass-fed, farm-raised, uh, you know, free-range uh, cattle and, and, and beef and uh, chicken uh, as, as uh, healthy as, as you can get if you can grow your own Grow your own, but there's right ways to do this so that you don't end up being part of this statistic. Amen. So uh, what did the autopsy show? Guys, this is a war. I want to show you that people are being killed by these shots. Right here, the first case of postmortem study in a patient vaccinated with uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccine. They found that the S1 spike protein antigen binding showed significant levels for IgG but there was no Ig, uh, no nucleocapsid antibodies that were elicited. When they took this patient who had died after he would gotten the vaccine, they looked for antibodies to the spike protein and they looked for antibodies to the nucleocapsid. They were only able to find antibodies to the spike protein, not to the nucleocapsid. 
And so at my office, we run two antibody tests. We want to run an antibody test to the S1 spike protein, and we run an antibody test to the nucleocapsid. If there's only S1, that person got sick from the, uh, the spike protein, not from a virus. It's important that we demonstrate this. And here it says that the first vaccination induces uh, immunogenicity, but not sterile immunity. What's sterile immunity? When you have sterile immunity, that means you don't get sick again. If you get sick again, you did not develop sterile immunity, you're immunocompromised, you're going to get sick again. So here they demonstrated viral RNA in nearly all organs examined, except for the liver and the olfactory bulb. So here's another one, COVID-19 pulmonary pathology multi-institutional autopsy uh, from Italy and New York. What they identified were the SARS-CoV-2 viral spike proteins. SARS-CoV-2 RNA was detected in the lung and trachea, uh, but they could not find nucleocapsid. They only found spike protein encoding RNA, not nucleocapsid. Another autopsy finding in 32 patients with COVID-19. Um, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein was found in the lungs uh, in 97% of those cases. They, they only found spike protein, not the virus. Multi-organ tropism of SARS-CoV-2 from the alpha variant. Uh, they speculate that the alpha spike protein affinity to ACE2 facilitates transmission, organ tropism, and ultimately morbidity and mortality. The spike protein was killing these people. And right here, a cohort autopsy study. Uh, this is kind of a, a long one, but uh, uh, the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, they found uh, that mucus plugs were present in the alveoli and bronchioles. When you have mucus plugging your alveoli and your bronchioles, oxygen cannot get through. That mucus production was increased uh, in hypoxemia and limited the efficacy of mechanical ventilation during COVID-19 treatment. This article right here says that the ventilators aren't the answer. If the lungs are clogged with fluid or mucus plug, no amount of oxygen that you force into the lung tissue is gonna get into the bloodstream. So you're gonna just destroy lung tissue. You need to clear the lungs out first. Uh, here's something else they found, was that SARS-CoV-2 spike protein was found in the blood testes barrier, the endothelium of the blood testes barrier. It's getting into our reproductive systems. These spike proteins are, and it's damaging our reproductive system. So there's real concern down the road that we're going to have major fertility issues. So if they don't kill you through the shot, they're going to shut off your uh, ability to reproduce. If they shut off your ability to reproduce, they've shut off global population growth. And we actually started seeing that last year. We expected to see an increase because people were at home more. So they had more free time uh, to reproduce. But that's not what happened. We didn't see an increase in birth rate. We actually saw one of our lowest birth rates ever recorded I think a big part of this is because people were being attacked uh, through, through the spike protein getting into their uh, reproductive system. So components of alveolar exudate were mostly CD68 macrophages positive for SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. If you guys haven't had it by now, uh, you know, figured it out by now, this spike protein is the bioweapon that's causing all these health issues. Right here, SARS-CoV-2 infection, the central nervous system in a 14-month-old. Now, 14-month-olds are not getting the vaccine. So how did they get the spike protein? They got the spike protein from either their, their mother, their parent, their grandparent, someone. It didn't say in particular. But they saw SARS-CoV-2 spike protein demonstrating the cortical neurons. And this child that died, a 14-month-old died, that died, 
exhibited severe atrophy and neuronal loss in their brain. Their brain tissue was destroyed by the spike protein. The virus is too big to cross the blood-brain barrier. Only the spike protein crosses the blood-brain barrier. And the spike protein crosses the blood-brain barrier. It's going to destroy your brain cells. So I am so adamant. Kids can't get the shot. They're going to have brain damage. Uh, in addition to heart damage and, and system failure. We can't allow these kids to get the shot. So my final section here, we're almost done. Can the mRNA be converted into DNA? A lot of people are like, no, that, that's conspiracy. Well, I found an article where they actually did the research. It says reverse transcribed SARS-CoV-2 RNA can integrate into the genome of human uh, cells and can be expressed in patient-derived tissues. So all three methods provided evidence that SARS-CoV sequences can be integrated to the genome of host cells. These results suggest that SARS-CoV-2 RNA or RNA from the uh, spike protein can be reverse transcribed through something, an enzyme called reverse transcriptase and the resulting DNA can be integrated into the genome of the host cell. So it's not a conspiracy. This is not my opinion. None of this is my opinion. These are all scientific uh, journal articles. Scientists have done this research and they actually pulled out the chromosomes from these people who are exposed to the spike protein and the DNA copies of portions of the viral genome were found in almost all human chromosomes. It's being integrated to the DNA. Don't let them lie to you and say it's not, it is. This might engender continuous stimulation of immunity without producing infectious virus and could trigger a protective response or conditions such as autoimmunity. You're gonna, gonna develop an autoimmune condition once this DNA gets inserted into your genome. So it says here that uh, a naturally produced form of DNA vaccine essentially is what's happening, is that once the DNA gets into your genome, you have a continuous DNA vaccine that's being produced in your body. Right here, uh, derepressed line one expression, this is important, may stimulate SARS-CoV-2 integration to the genome of infected cells. So that line one integration or expression, the line one expression is greater in people who are uh, under immune attack. So when you're under immune attack, you have more line one expression, which means more conversion or integration of the SARS-CoV-2 RNA, that S1 spike protein into DNA, uh, and then inserted it to the genome. Right here, exogenous coronavirus interacts with endogenous transposon human cells. It integrates viral genomic fragments into the human genome. I, I've got article after article proving that this stuff gets integrated into to your DNA. So don't let them lie to you. Coronavirus infection or SARS uh, S1 spike protein from the vaccine increases retrotransposon expression in human cells. The coronavirus or S1 spike protein RNA for integration of viral genomic fragments into the human genome, these enhanced retrotransposon transcript may be long-term inherited to harm host organs. Recombination of retrotransposon and exogenous RNA viral virus results in non-retroviral uh, complementary DNA integration. We found that illegitimate recombination between an exogenous non-retroviral RNA virus, or uh, in, th in this case, they use something called the coriolis meningitis virus, 
So it's not just in, uh, in the S1 spike protein. It led to reverse transcription of exogenous viral RNA. The resulting complementary DNA was integrated into the host genome. So this RNA uh, can be converted into DNA and inserted into your genome. And so that, that's the, the end of my presentation, but I, I want to go back to the Bible. I always kind of want to end with the Bible. To yes, please. See where we're at, uh, as far as, you know, Bible timeline. In Genesis 6, everybody needs to read Genesis 6 because God destroyed the earth for a reason. And in Genesis 6, what happened was the sons of God, the fallen angels, came down to the earth. They found that the daughters of men were attractive, and they took them as their wives. They took them as their wives, uh, and they reproduced, and they had uh, children, offspring. And the offspring were known as the Nephilim, or the men of renown. They had corrupted DNA. And it was in the garden that uh, God said that he's going to put enmity between the seed of Satan and the seed of Eve. So that, that means that Satan had a seed. He, he, he had a DNA that he wanted to integrate, and God knew this, with, with Eve's seed. And he wanted to corrupt the gene line. So it says in Genesis that Noah was perfect in his generations. It doesn't mean that he was perfect as a person. It means that he had an uncorrupted gene line. God knew that in order for a Savior to come, to save uh, mankind, he had to come from a perfect gene line. And Noah had the perfect gene line. So God saved Noah and his family, knowing that they had an uncorrupted gene line. They put them on the ark. And he saved Noah and his family so maybe they could start reproducing and save that, uh, that gene line. So God stepped in and intervened at a time when things were very, very dark. And it says in Revelation that it's going to be like the days of Noah. This is the stuff that we're talking about. If, if the DNA gets changed, God forbid, you know, and I pray for all of my family and friends who have gotten the shock. I pray that God put his hand of protection on them and has protected them from having corrupted gene line. Because whenever you corrupt that gene line, we saw what God did in Noah's day. He destroyed everyone that had the corrupted gene line. And it is my fear that someday a great judgment is going to come on those people who have not trusted God, who have uh, modified their DNA, and that God is not going to accept those people, regardless of whether they pray to prayer or not. Trust God. God has a perfect plan. He's built a perfect immune system for you. You just need to provide the components or for that to work uh, like it's supposed to. But don't mess with this shot. Any Christian uh, should see that this shot, there's something wrong with this shot, regardless of whether or not you think it's the mark of the beast or not. And there's a lot of controversy about it. Sure. We know we shouldn't get it. Christians should not get this shot, not only because it messes with, uh, with the body's way of it, how it's supposed to interact and keep you healthy. It messes with the DNA, uh, but because it contains uh, aborted fetal cells, was developed and produced with aborted fetal tissue. No Christian should put that because that's an abomination. Yep. If a child had to be sacrificed in order to produce these things, it's something that every Christian should stay away from. And I can tell you, these pastors who host these vaccine clinics, they are inviting the devil That's into right. their sanctuaries. And they are committing an abomination in their temples. Yep. And this is they have a special place, a special judgment coming for them, regardless of whether or not they are aware of what they're doing.
What they're doing is wrong. Yep. And we need to call them out for it. And so the next time you, you see a church hosting a vaccine clinic, go into that church and turn over the tables. Because I have a feeling that if Christ were here today, you would walk into those churches and turn over those temples. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, Dr. Bill, uh, you know, I'm not going to get off on a big thing. We disagree a little bit on the Genesis 6 thing because I see the context growing there from wicked. We've been re- going through Genesis in uh, at church on Sunday, and we see the wicked line of Cain, and we see the godly line of Seth, and they call upon the name of the Lord and all, and there's that one passage that steps in there. And I always go back to Genesis, you know, when the creation happened, uh, not to make a big deal out of this, but I do think it is, I do think it's a big deal. Uh, that when God created things, they they produced after their own kind. And I don't see, I, I see angels as definitely different from men, although they can take the appearance of man. Um, and then what we see is when God speaks about that, he, he talks about, uh, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It repented the Lord. That doesn't mean he repented of sin. It doesn't mean that he changed his mind either, folks. He's immutable. He knows all this is coming, unless you think he's looking at a crystal ball and he's kind of reacting to man and this, that, and the other. And God's not that kind of God. He's not. Uh, that he made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Not demon man, but man, both man and beast and the creeping thing, the foul thing. But I, but I agree with your, your assessment in the fact that men departed from God. They, they, they didn't want to listen to God, and God had not given his law just yet. He had put it, it's obviously within man, but he had not given it just yet to say the life of the flesh is in the blood. I mean, that happens, you know, thousands of years before some doctor came along and said, hey, by the way, look at what the blood does. It takes out the garbage. It gives oxygen to the cells. It does. You know, God was communicating that through Moses from the beginning. One of the things I want to, and by the way, I do have a a, um, a message on that called um, Context, 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 Who Are the Sons of God? Just in case, I'll throw that in there if people want to listen to it. But I, I really want to stay focused on, you know, what we're in agreement on, because we can have differences as brothers. I, I don't mind doing that, and I can have fellowship. And I think you're a brother who believes in doing, you believe in not sinning, and uh, and calling men to repentance in that. And so we can have fellowship together, and I, I, I really want to encourage that with people. We can deal with the smaller things and 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 we can have fellowship and sharpen one another hopefully in in the midst of that. But here's one of the things I want to play for you cuz I don't know if you've heard this before and I just kind of want to play it. It's just a couple of things and then what I'll do is I'll add it. This was one American News bringing the report, but I want to add it into the uh into the archive and then with that I'm going to add the entire Milken Institute conference here. This is where they're conspiring about this in October 2019. Take a listen. Why don't we blow the system up? I mean, obviously we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be, you know, beneficial. We're going with the tried I mean, and true. Well with that, to something that has to be much better. Much better, uh, but not tried and true. You have to prove that this works. Yeah. 
And then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase two, <laughs> phase three, and then show. We want as much maximum profit as possible, please. It's going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity right. of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's an not entity beholden to bureaucratic excitement. strings and, and, and This guy processes. looks like he ought to be wearing a so dress. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza, and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way, because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of a uh, novel avian virus could occur in this. China somewhere. In China! We could get yeah. the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of beam it. centers. Beam it to centers. If not even in your My home goodness. at some point, And print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. It's hard to misinterpret. Wait, wait till you hear this part. Here. He's going to play Fauci. The pandemic. Talking to Everything the first we've of seen Trump's administration. The last year Listen to and this. A half described right here in this video before it happened. And this isn't the first time Fauci has gone on the record to apparently broadcast his intentions about the pandemic. Back when President Trump first took office, Fauci came out with a suspiciously prescient prediction that a major viral pandemic will strike the United States during Trump's administration. The topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases. This is 2017. Infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. Uh, how does he know and this? Now, All right. So it, how does he know this? It's because he's behind it. Now, friends, I'm just going to say it. Some people won't say it. Every person on that panel should be arrested, tried, and summarily not put in jail for the rest of their life. They should be executed in the public square so that they, the, so that the people who see, and the people should be a part of it. You don't have a hooded guy throwing the switch. The people should be a part of it. So that mm-hmm. people learn to fear the Lord, not to fear hell, not to fear consequences, to fear the Lord. The Bible says it very clearly. They had, they didn't have, well, they had gallows then, but the Bible says they had rock parties with them. They took the person and put them down. And it wasn't like what you see in Islam. They took a big rock and they dropped it on the person to kill them. And if that didn't kill them, they covered them up with rocks, hitting them and everything else. But the idea wasn't to be torturous. It was to put an end to their life when they had sinned in such a grievous manner. This is what needs to happen to this little Nazi. Uh, Dr. Bill, I don't know if you've seen that before, any of this stuff. But I, I, before we close out the show, can you give uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, we have so much evidence and proof now that all this stuff had been planned for for years and years and years before any of this uh, even happened uh that that they uh they had a mind uh and they wanted to um start experimenting and killing off uh, many people in our our country it's beyond any reasonable doubt now uh and so i agree with you these these people are not going to change their ways or they're i just don't see them repenting there could be a miracle 
uh, you know, on the other side, God sure. could be using them to enact a judgment on people who, who don't uh, put their trust and faith uh, in him. Yep. And I think there are, there's a large portion of the population that's standing up who are, are awake uh, to the fact that, that this vaccine is, is satanic. We aren't going to take it. And God might be trying to separate the wheat from the chaff with, uh, with this. I, I don't really know. I, I, I do know what ends up happening, though, is there, there will be a one-world government. Uh, and the Antichrist is going to be the head of that uh, one world government. And uh, I, I think we're in the early phases of, of that happening with our World Economic Forum, uh, you know, kind of pulling the strings here and Klaus Schwab and everyone becoming global citizens. And so, you know, I, I, I see things moving that direction. Uh, God has a plan. I wish I, I knew more <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. uh, exactly the time frame. But we're, we're getting very close. Uh, I, that's what I do know. And so uh, first and foremost, if anybody's watching this and you're not right with God, get right with God today because, um, you know, time is, is short and it's fleeting. And those of you who are saved, who have been scared to go out and share the truth, who cares about sharing the truth about the vaccine if you don't go out and share the truth about that's the, right. Your, your salvation of what happens after you die because there is an eternity you're either going to spend it with uh, God in heaven or you're going to spend it uh, eternity in hell with Dr. Fauci yeah I, I I totally agree and and our you know our goal here at the Sons of Liberty is not to push uh, an antichrist system or beast system it is to push the crown rights of King Jesus yeah you know he is the one who's on the throne not the devil. The devil, mm-hmm. just remember this, the devil is God's devil, and he he is sent out to do his purposes, even though he's using the wicked intentions of the devil to accomplish them. We've got to remember that. We are more than conquerors, not just over sin in our own life, but I believe, as our forefathers have shown us, we mm-hmm. can be overcomers in this world in demonstrating that the devil has no teeth. He roars like a lion, mm-hmm. but he's been defaying people. That's what's going on. Right. I want to end with this. I want to end with a, a very positive note. Psalm 91, one of my favorite psalms, especially during all of this stuff, is to point people to. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now listen to what it's saying. It's not saying everybody. It's saying the one who abides in him. The shadow of the Most High. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely, listen, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the what? What what, what is that? Noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And it doesn't mean God's a big chicken. It's talking about how he cares for us. Even as Jesus says, you know, I would have gathered you like a hen does its chicks, but you would not. And he wasn't talking about Jerusalem and the whole. He's talking about the, the leaders there that continually stood in the way of the people coming to Christ. He says, I'll cover you. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence, see that again, that walketh in darkness after 10 p.m. in some places where they impose curfew because convicts can't come out then or whatever the case may be. Um, For the destruction that wasteth at noonday, a thousand shall fall at thy side, or in this case, ten thousands or a million or whatever the case may be, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh, or it shall come nigh to thee. Do you hear that? See, 
They want to put fear in you because thousands or millions are falling at your sides. God says, watch and see the salvation of the Lord. Is that not what he's saying? Just mm-hmm. like he did for Moses and the children. Watch and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch your enemies fall, but I'm going to preserve you. And if, uh, so he goes on and he says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Well, what is that? The wages of sin is what? Uh, a glorious yeah. new mansion, lots of money, power, prestige. No, it's death. It's death. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Thou shalt bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. That was the passage that uh, Satan twisted in order to try to tempt Christ, by the way. Thou shalt tread upon the the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Friends, has God set his love upon you? Has he demonstrated it in the death of his only son, the Lord Jesus If you're in him, yes, he has. If you're not in him, you don't know this love. You don't know this fatherly protection. You don't know any of this. And so what Dr. Bill is talking about here, about salvation, salvation from what? The wrath of God. Salvation from the sin that enslaves you. That's what he's talking about. Therefore, I'll deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the God that we serve. It's not this wimpy, impotent God that kind of you know rocks in his chair and says, Oh, come to me, all you children. I know you got your sins and everything, and it's okay that you have all that. And you're unrepentant, and you're brash, and you're rebellious, and you're, you're ornery, and you're wicked, and all of these other ad- adjectives I can use. That's not the God of the Bible. He is a holy and righteous God. And yet he is a tenderly loving Father. He is both. You can't have one without the other. And the Bible commands us, and I say us, me too, it's not just everybody else. He commands us to repent of our sin, to be reconciled back unto him. And the only way to do that is through the person, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll be back with Lynn in the morning, the Common Core Diva, on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. We'll see you then. 